Welcome to Flyover Film Country. I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. And this is a podcast about places oft forgotten by Hollywood. And this episode is dedicated to the second season of one of the best TV series of the last decade, Reservation Dogs. Spoilers. There will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. We're going to be talking about each episode, at least least major details from each episode. So if you haven't seen Reservation Dogs Season 2, go watch its FX on Hulu. And it is really fantastic. Really, really amazing. So good. So good. Yep. Um, Okay. Olivia, where do we end season one? So we end season one with uh, Laura Dannon skipping town, going to California, but not with Bear like we thought we were going to see. Bear is waiting for Laura to show up and instead... She goes and picks up Jackie, who's from the the rival gang. And so so there's obviously this major portrayal. Uh, Cheese is hanging out with his his new grandma, his makeshift grandma, which is real sweet. And Willie Jack decided she didn't want to go to California. She wanted to stay and be with her family. So that's that's where we see the the four res dogs at the end of season one. It's so it's so cool. So like, I I loved how di- different I guess this season was from last season. Last season it felt like every episode was so energetic and mm-hmm. like kinetic, and then this episode this season was just as good. But I didn't recognize it until the the finale. Does that make sense? Like. Like as a whole, I think it does such an interesting job of like telling the story of the aftermath of the betrayal mm-hmm. and, you know, the tornado. And you really sense like that each of them has changed in major ways by the time they get to the beach in Cal- <clears throat> the beach in California. Excuse me. Does does that make sense? Like every episode I felt like in season one was so like, oh my gosh, that's a masterpiece. And looking back at every episode of season two I see everything more clearly Mm -hmm. but in the moment I was like I was expecting a lot of um I was expecting like the same sort of like thrill Mm -hmm. that I had from every first viewing of season one episodes I have some more thoughts about this but I wanted to get your your take on it yeah just comparing the two because I don't like going into tv series expecting it to just generalizing like well this is this isn't as good as the last season i think that's kind of like a a cheap right critique right and i think that it's hard to to have a for any sort of sophomore run or follow-up to that first initial either movie or tv like season or even like you know albums like music albums right like it's hard to come come behind something that like was a major hit and then figure out like oh how do we follow this up you know so so i think that you know there were maybe some i don't think i had hesitations i i was curious how they were going to follow this up and where where we were going to pick up following the end of season one uh i i think that what you're talking about though of like it just being so different from season one in that sense that was Sterling Harjo's goal, I think. Uh, so, so I I sent Isaac this uh, 
Vulture article that was an like interview with Sterling Harjo, the creator of the show, the showrunner, and he talks about that being being the goal for how they went about the writing process. You know, it it wasn't let's do the same thing every other TV show does. It's like how can we make this unique to us while also still like still telling the story of these kids and they did a lot of like revise and edit and I think they threw out plans like you know halfway through filming an episode because it's like this is not working so let's scrap this and come back and they also didn't want to follow like your traditional like story arc because I think I think it would have been obvious like it would have been too like obvious and and predictable for them to be like oh well these kids are gonna have uh, some sort of reunion where they come back and everything's fine. And it's big and dramatic yeah, and like kind of like, like, okay, we've seen this before. Right. Like it would be like a CW show at that point, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? And so, uh, and then the, the way the season ends with the kids going to California, like they actually do end up going to California, but the whole time you're like, man, these kids, are they going to, are they going to make up? Are they going to, become be friends again like there's this underlying tension you see them together but it's not the same and i think it's interesting that uh willie jack is the one who calls him out on it and mm-hmm. she's the one who i think i would argue she f- she fights so hard for them to be together more so, more openly yes. fights so hard for them because i think they all want to be together i think she just fights the hardest for them to be I together I agree completely and exactly to what you're saying about just tonally how the this season is so different than the last season you get the sense when look now again like looking back at each episode and how they how each character each of the four res dogs arcs um you know rise and fall and what mm-hmm. have you is so fascinating and I, and you get the sense that that's really what he was focused on, that mm-hmm. he was focused on. I really want them to be in this place where, you know, they're in California and they've changed. Like each of them has changed in yeah. a major way. Yeah. And in that sense he did, you know, they did follow like the, the model of, you know, this episode is a little bit more about Willie Jack and this one's a little bit more about bear bear remains like kind of the main character, but mm-hmm. each of them are main characters. Right. Um, but yeah, Willie Jack's, for example, I love, uh, you know, speaking to what you were saying about the cheesy CW Mm -hmm. confrontation and reunion and like, okay, we're good. Like, but after this knockdown drag out, um, after (laughs) in decolonization, which is a really funny and interesting episode. Yeah. Great episode. They're doing a trust fall. And Willie Jack lets, uh, what's her name? The girl from the other game? Jackie. She lets Jackie fall over, <laughs> which is so funny and mean. And then she goes to apologize to her because she was like, oh, shoot, like her brother died. Like, like yeah. mine did. And it's a sort of like, uh, like, you know, common human decency thing. Yeah. She, yeah, cuts- she made a backhanded, con- like, uh, insults about her brother dying, which, yeah, yeah. which, Willie Jack didn't know that Jackie's brother died by suicide. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she goes to apologize to Jackie, and Jackie just 
looks at her and goes like, you better watch your back. And so mm-hmm. you're kind of think like, Oh, something big is going to happen in the next couple episodes. But then I think it's in stay gold cheesy boy. They go to get him out mm-hmm. and Willie Jack and Jackie are kind of like around each other. And mm-hmm. then one of them just goes, Hey, we good. And she's like, yeah. And that's yeah. it. That's yeah. like, and that's how so often that's how, you know, makeups occur, which I, which I love. He's just like, let's just make it real. Let's make it brief and let's move on to more interesting things. So. Well, and it, it's like such a kid thing to do, right? Exactly. Like it's such a teenager thing to do. Like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm good. I just, this is awkward. Let's yeah. be done. Be yeah. Done with it. Yeah. So they have this, you know, this big tension build in, uh, episode six to call them as, decolonized nativization and then in the very next episode stay gold cheesy boy which is first of all a great title because it's referencing <laughs> the, the, the outsiders which is yeah an oklahoma original and the so, caption on imdb is cheese does time and cheese does time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so yeah i mean i feel like it's such like a not even a teenager thing almost like a little kid thing to do like hey we're we're good right and then it's like, yeah, we're good. We're good. And it's, yeah. I don't know. I think sometimes on one hand, we make things as adults way too complicated. On the other thing, on, on the other hand, I think that can be like an oversimplification. But I, I do love the like childlike wonder of, of doing that, of being like, yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah, for sure. Overall, you know, I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about each the individual episodes and how they contribute to the res dogs arcs mm-hmm. which what were your fa- what were like a handful of your favorite episodes and some like moments in them so i think man i i love all the like kind of solo episodes or it's just focused on on one character so like roofing the roofing episode is about bear Mm. getting a job and he ends up working with daniel's dad and i i think that was probably really healing for bear to do that to have that experience and then the mabel episode is about alora's grandmother dying and seeing her grapple with that being yet again alone because yet another person in her life has died and then the Stay Gold Cheesy Boy. I just love cheese so much. Yeah. So anything yeah, to do with him favorite. is great. <laughs> and then I think I actually texted you after I watched episode nine, which is called Offerings. Yep. And it's the one about Willie Jack going to see Daniel's mother in, in jail. Daniel's mom is, is in jail. And so she goes to see her and is like, please help. And man, it was just a really sweet and emotional and intimate episode and i mm-hmm. i loved it I, so those i think were my favorite episodes yeah although there were some great moments from from some of the other episode like the ensemble episodes or more of ensemble episodes what about you what, what were some as, of your favorite well i was gonna i was gonna ask as far as daniel's mom goes do they ever mention what happened that put her in in prison i don't think so which is probably i I, I, we went in and i was like oh this is daniel's mom but i was like did i like miss Mm -mm. like the reason or if it was like related to i don't think so his suicide or yeah yeah, so 
because I mean, you you're not if you're a parent and your child dies by suicide, I don't you don't go like get in trouble for that. I don't think. I think they're probably gonna right. investigate the death, but like you know, you don't you don't do time for that or anything. But I think, yeah, I just couldn't. I didn't know whether or not she was already in prison whenever he died yeah. or something else happened because they i think in season one they allude to them fighting the mom and the dad right and he doesn't want to go inside so i i just i'm having questions i have questions about that um yeah like maybe she, they'll explore it maybe they won't just yeah so yeah she, i mean i we can theorize that maybe it was related to that um my guess is as I have like read more on like Sterling Hardro and like read his interviews and stuff, my guess is they probably haven't th- like not that they haven't thought about like why she's in jail, but it probably just doesn't matter, you know. Right. And, and yeah, so, yeah. and you get the sense that it doesn't matter. Yeah. So so it's I feel like maybe it's like why why would we waste a line or to explaining this kind of like even backhandedly, you know? So, so I'm sure uh, that's my guess is like it, they, they just have never actually said because it doesn't necessarily really matter in the moment. And that's another thing about the show is like, it feels like everything matters. Even when it's like, what? Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) in episode eight, this is the, this is where the plot thickens where it's a, it's a big solo episode. I love this episode. Yeah that whole episode i was like what what is happening but it's not a throwaway i think that you could like one could argue it's a throwaway episode but i don't think it is and so again everything is important and so going back to why daniel's mom is in jail i i don't think that it's necessary to the storyline right now yeah exactly and well and i think the this speaks to exactly what the show does so well which is you know balancing this tightrope of really emotional and heavy exploration of human mm-hmm. and native american themes of loss and death and you know just feeling stuck in one place and then also like life is hilarious mm-hmm. like specifically because because native american culture is fascinating and mm-hmm. strange and uh and really and really interesting and big is like the encapsulates that so well because even from his introduction in season one he's really funny but then you also get the sense of like there's like he's experienced a lot of Mm -hmm. supernatural like things that he doesn't understand but definitely believes in and it kind of it kind of makes you like view people who watch like you know, moon landing conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of makes you view those people differently. Have did you have that thought? Because he's always like showing people like the yeah. YouTube videos that he's watching. Yeah, yeah. Well, and how many times have we seen Big like out in a field looking for Bigfoot tracks? You know, like I, I yeah. think he's that's been you know a cut scene for two or three episodes at this point. And yep. so, um, it doesn't and the the fish the fish all laying in the field yeah. like that comes back it in that episode with sense. big which is yeah. like oh that's crazy and also real quick i would love we'll talk a little bit about that the finale or the final episode of this season 
but I would love if <laughs> the whole third season was kind of like it, not if it was a main theme, but if the whole story and arcs arc of season three was occurring in the shadow of the fallout of <laughs> the Oklahoma governor being oh like, gosh. it wouldn't that be so interesting it and funny be. if he was like arrested and there was the whole controversy and politically. And I just feel like that could be really interesting. I hope they consider that I because you're like, Oh, be. that's the governor <laughs> in this, in this story. And everyone hates currently in this state. Uh, everyone I know hates the governor of Oklahoma currently so like it would be kind of like sweet justice to see that like yeah. it would be like every Oklahoman's like fantasy played out on screen um yeah for sure so anyway but what'd you think about Mark Maron's guest starring role um and what are your what are your thoughts on Mark Maron in general I don't know much about him. I have listened to a couple episodes of his podcast here and there, depending on who the guest was. Um, So, like, this was a long time ago, but, like, it was around the time that Pete Davidson had, like, had come out publicly saying he had borderline personality disorder. And so I I was curious. And he was, like, that's where he, like, told that information or shared that information. And so I was curious, like what his thoughts were on that, how that came to be. And that's when I like learned that his dad was a, a firefighter who died in nine 11. And I didn't know that about him. Um, and so it was just, it was just interesting. Um, I don't really, other than that, I, I don't, have a whole lot of thoughts or feelings towards him um i don't i don't either uh i just i wasn't sure if you were like a big fan or not yeah no i i don't i feel indifferent towards him um when he shows up and stuff like for the most part i think i've been like oh there's mark Marin, and i there hasn't been anything where i'm like ah this guy yeah that doesn't mean there's not but um because i never watched I feel like he's mellowed with age from like what I have heard from yeah. just other other sources and like podcasts that I've listened to that he's he was really incendiary and have you seen Almost Famous? No, I actually haven't. It's uh, you would love it. I, um, but yeah, he's I know, in, he's in Almost Famous and that was kind of in a period where he like he was pretty like de- I mean he's still kind of divisive but he's just mellowed out a mm-hmm. lot just as he's gotten older. Yeah. Um, but when he, sh- I had no idea he was going to be in this in this episode. Um, yeah, akin akin to like Bill Burr being like the big celebrity, not quote unquote celebrity cameo for season one. Right. Um, well, I mean, there was also um, oh crap, what is her name now? She was a uh, she's married to Nick Offerman. She was in Will and Grace, and oh yeah, yeah, she plays Tammy One. Megan Mullally, that's her name. Megan Mullally, yeah, she was because she was in season, the the second episode where Jack Jackie and uh, Alora. <laughs> that's who that is. She's yep. the white woman in the house by herself who puts ranch on everything, which is hilarious because it's like, man, white people do that, and it's so gross. White people do that. Do you like ranch? I like ranch, but not on everything. Do you like ranch on pizza? 
It has to be a specific ranch. Yep. It, yep. it can't I'm, just I'm be checking with you. any ranch. Like, I don't... Hidden Valley Ranch? Absolutely not. No, thank you. Which is, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, what, what they had in the episode. No, yep. thank you. We're not doing that. It's not that good. You don't, um, not on not on the rolls not on the rolls that was so gross <laughs> i was like who does this and i was like oh they're making fun of white people that's what's happening right now that is what oh, ha- is so happening good. which is i, for, I forgot fair. that uh uh megan mullally was was that was her because i was like that's real that person's really familiar and then i like yeah. just didn't, well, <laughs> didn't investigate further it kind of doesn't look like her well because most of the time i see her and stuff she's playing this like I her mean, haircut is very different her haircut yeah. is very different and in like will and grace she plays this very affluent like like woman who's like always dressed up really nice and is like drunk the whole time mm-hmm. uh and then in you know in parks and rec when she shows up as tammy too i think she you know she's dressed as a librarian or like in some ridiculous outfit because she yeah. and, and ron had some weird sex thing and so anyway um but yeah so she shows up real early and it's it it feels almost like if you don't immediately recognize her you're not going to realize that's her until you see her name on the end credits yeah but yeah um yeah flyover flyover country like spotlight that second episode where Alora and Jackie are on the road trip and everything goes wrong. The oh my gosh, like I know Man. you can attest to this, yeah. the landscapes. Yeah. Like well, the tension, but also like the landscapes that they're like the back roads, the huge property mm-hmm. of like the the Hidden Valley Ranch owner <laughs> yeah. uh, or lady. It's like the just the epitome. Like this is what yeah. everything in Arkansas and like the South <laughs> looks like. Yeah, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska. Like it's just like it's just there. It's there's, there. No, there's no, nothing yeah. there. Also, she's from Oklahoma. She is. Yeah, she is. I think she's from the OKC area. I can't remember where she's from originally, but I know she's from Oklahoma because. Yeah. This is random, but I, my mom and I were talking one day. This was a while ago, and there, there had been reports that she and Nick Offerman were in, like, in Oklahoma. And I was like, "Why is she here?" And it's because her, her family is from here. Yeah, sure. No. Her dad is from Oklahoma City, and she studied. Um, yeah, she studied ballet and performed ballet at the Oklahoma City Ballet during high school so that's cool yeah nice nice yeah um so going to the (laughs) going to the stay gold cheesy boy Mm -hmm. episode what what were like some of the the big takeaways from that episode i was crying laughing whenever the police came in the middle of the night to you know arrest that one kid mm-hmm. and and he's they're saying like all cops are all cops are bad all cops are evil yeah. and like all and like everyone's kind of looking on and mark Marin's like he's tired and he he's just like not really there but he's like and you know what everybody just come on he's like being like rarely nice throughout, yeah like as opposed to how he normally is throughout the episode and he's like everybody come on downstairs so we're, we're gonna make waffles and it's like and also 
not all cops are bad. So some it's all morally dubious. Yes. <laughs> Most cops. Yes. Evil. No. And like, he's just kind of like <laughs> talking to no one. Yeah. No one is listening to him. <laughs> that was like X, like top, top three moment for me. Yeah. The season. <laughs> no. He... Morally dubious. Yes. <laughs> Evil. No. Um, yeah. No. The whole episode was really fascinating. Cause it was like, it was this boy's home and they had all these rules, which is hilarious because like they all were breaking the rules, right? Like one of the rules was no phones. They all had a phone uh, yeah. and they were like hiding it, obviously. And it just seemed like this is such a random little like boy's home. Yep. And I also loved that it was like Christian, but not you know yeah. like like it had jesus slapped on it but it was absolutely not whatsoever also pretty pretty accurate pretty accurate depiction yeah. of like you know christianity in the south that i think i think we should give credit to it's oh, like yeah we're, we're here we're saying grace but also i'm saying some re- pretty mean stuff <laughs> to right, i'm you. gonna be a complete jerk to you and mistreat you even though you are have you've been displaced and you have no family and while i am like on the surface saying oh look i'm taking in you know the poor and needy and the people who who don't have a place to go and like giving them shelter and food it's like i'm gonna treat you like crap though because you're mm-hmm. below me I was cracking up. Is it the, I think the kid who gets arrested is the kid who's on the phone with his girlfriend constantly. Uh-huh. And they're like, he has a phone, but like, you ain't going to be able to use it. And then he goes over and she's just like, hey man, um, could I use the phone when you're done? And he's like, so nice. And he just like stares at cheese like he's going to. Like he's going to kill him. Kill yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Also, what was so funny, because this is, I mean, this is exactly what would happen in oklahoma is cheese cheese is like so thoughtful and he he wants to be affirming and accepting of everyone and he introduces himself to one of those kids and he goes my name's cheese uh my pronouns are he him uh his and the guy goes oh so you're one of those like queer dudes okay and it's just like it's so I think the guy they is immediately like, think like, oh, he's gay. Yeah, like, they immediately think he's gay because he said that, which is like, of course, that's that would be how it would, uh, that would be the response here in Oklahoma. Yeah. And they just keep talking about him being gay. And the whole time I was like, is this like hinting at something? Like, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. But I just was like, oh, is leave cheese alone. Sterling, Sterling Harjo, he's, he was talking to Terry Gross about that on Fresh Air. And he was oh, like. Yeah. No, he's just he's just really nice. He's like he, yeah. He's like let Lane Factor, the guy who plays cheese. Do you do you know about that? Did you listen to that huh. interview? So real quick, he his his mom made him take acting classes because he was just sitting around and she was like, you know what, you need to get out, you need to do something creative, like. So she made him take acting classes and then she made him audition whenever they came through with auditions That's and awesome. casting calls and he didn't want to do it. So apparently she bribed him like with some, with like his favorite meal and he, he didn't say what the meal was, but he was like, yeah, like it's just crazy because he's the only one who's not a trained actor mm-hmm. and he's such a standout. Mm-hmm. And then also, I don't know if you knew this, he's playing, um, he has like a major role in the Fablemans, uh, Spielberg's movie that's coming out soon. 
I don't think I knew that. He's he's playing Spielberg's like childhood friend. That makes me isn't that so cool? Happy. I was like I didn't I didn't know that. I was like oh he like got launched already. That's great. Well, I was planning on seeing that, but I'm definitely seeing that now. Yep. Solely for Lane Factor, like because well because he's he's from Oklahoma originally. He's the only mm-hmm. one from Oklahoma, and I think I said this last time when we talked about season one. I have a couple of friends that I worked with at Nike who are native and. When I worked with them, we talked about reservation dogs a lot, which was really fun to hear like their perspective on it. On it, uh, and they were telling me that Lane Factor is in their tribe, and they're like, like distantly related to him, which is really cool. Oh, cool. And I was like, yeah. man, that's that is awesome. And so, so they're like super, like obviously they're super proud of him, and um. One, those two friends, they're they're actually cousins, and so one of them, her older sister, she was telling me about her older sister, and her older sister is like really and in, like really into like I think the film industry, and she it because of some native thing, she got to meet Spike Lee, and got to meet Lin Manuel Miranda, and, and like has like interviewed with them and she that's awesome i can't i can't go and i'm really really upset about this because i want to go see it but she has a like a short documentary coming out and it's going to be at this like local theater here in okc called um rodeo cinema and it's like the whole it's monday night and the whole thing well i don't know when this is going out but as of today it's it's monday and but it's her it's her documentary yeah she's it's gonna cool. be like i think a few different native american documentaries and it's gonna like her one of hers is gonna be on there and that's that's really cool so um anyway that's i'll it. probably we post should, about that on our yeah we socials. should try to that'd be cool if we could get her on uh we can talk about that off mic yeah we can talk about that off mic that's but, super cool though anyway and didn't you meet real quick didn't you meet a, uh some of were those the same friends who were um extras in killers of the flower moon which is like also filming in Oklahoma, right? Or yeah. did film in yeah. Oklahoma? Yeah. They no, those were the that was different. Those it was someone who I like who was in the same grad program as me. Her her boyfriend is an extra in that movie. But gotcha. my my supervisor was actually an extra in Reservation Dogs. Like just blink and you miss him, but he's there and it was really cool yeah. to see. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's him." And cool. so so yeah, I'm telling you, like it's it's really cool to be in Oklahoma right now, as like as more and more things are being sh- like shot here and filmed here, and so I hope that continues to grow and and I don't know, it doesn't become a, a thing where people from Hollywood are like we're not going to film there because of the way they treat women or you know the laws right, that are being exactly. passed, and so I'm hoping that that. I guess I'm pushing to vote. I didn't wasn't planning on doing that, but like, you know, thinking through those yeah. things. So Yeah, for sure. As as the midterms are quickly coming. So I don't know how I got started on that tangent. Oh, we were talking about stay gold well, cheesy fly- boy. Right, and in, in flyover country in general, which we need to do better about like just bringing it back to the south and flyover country. But I was gonna say, you know, it was I don't think it's getting quite as much attention as Oklahoma, but Arkansas has been seeing like more and more mm-hmm. shoots here. Um, and there was, I think it was 
um, Diamond Bear, their brewery was shut down because of a major production with major stars. Uh, it was like two weeks ago, I think. Oh, that's cool. As of this recording. So more and more people are coming to record here. So yeah. anyway. Well, and it makes sense. It's, it's, it's cheaper. Yep. And I mean, thinking about, you know, I don't, if, if you remember when we had uh, Todd Gre- Greenlee on, who is a filmmaker from Oklahoma, this was this was early flyover. Mm-hmm. This was early flyover days. Yeah. Um, when we had him on, he he talked about how like, yeah, there's there's Oklahoma is a unique state because there's so many different types of landscapes, which I think most people don't realize because they think it's just flat and and there's no trees around, which is like most of Oklahoma, but there's different parts of it that have really different unique landscapes. And I think Arkansas is similar in that sense. Like there's a ton Mm. of mountains, but there's also um, like swamps and marshland, you know? And so like it, I I think it's, it's of course I'm partial to those States since I've lived in both those States and they're significant to me, but yeah, like I think there, there's just a lot um lots of scenery you can get from just being in these places um yep that you you can't get in just any state so yep i totally agree i would love to i would love to see something like reservation dogs bring and it and and it really did with true detective i think a Mm -hmm. lot of people i think that they made a big show of you know shooting in northwest arkansas and Mm -hmm. the university of arkansas gets like a bunch or you know, like a significant amount of screen time, maybe five or six minutes of some iconic um, buildings on campus in the later episodes. And um, it kind of did that with with a True Detective, but I would love to see something like Reservation Dogs just like explode and, you know, mm-hmm. show people that Central Arkansas and Northwest Arkansas are like really, they can be landmark places for filming as far as scenery goes and all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And going back to reservation dogs, but still on that same note, and in the the season finale, uh, I still believe when they they are driving through, because you know this is this takes place in eastern Oklahoma, and so when they drive through Oklahoma City, I'm like, oh, I know where all those buildings are. Like I've mm-hmm. I've seen those buildings, and and that was I don't know, that was really cool because I don't. The only time that I do that is like when it's like major landmarks in like New York City or LA or Chicago, you know, like places like that. And so very rarely is it like, oh, wait, that's like 20 minutes down the road from where I live. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's like right next door. And so that was that was really cool to see that, uh, to see, you know, the Devon Tower and all that stuff. So that's super cool. Anyway. Um, Yeah. Flyover notes. We need to do it more often. <laughs> what else? <laughs> season two was. Oh, Dallas Gold didn't get as much screen time in this season. No. He's funnier. He's funny as always. No, but I love I love it great. in the roofing episode when they're doing like the confessional. Did you notice that <laughs> yes. felt like a confessional yes. where he's in the porta potty next, yes. next to Bear? His, so. the, oh my gosh, the whole thing with him. In season one, I re-listened to it where he's like, uh, I was, well, I was there, I was there with yellow hair, Custer, that, that battle. <laughs> and I was like, it, it, that whole monologue for like a minute or two where he's just like, well, I didn't even see any action. My horse, 
God, like, <laughs> my horse didn't go he's, for a hole. He's just, like, rambling, and Bear's, like, <laughs> Fell on what? top of me. And and he, like, starts off, like, really pumped up. He's, like, oh, oh like, doing yeah. his war cry. Yeah. And then, like, as it goes on, he just ends up going, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. No, he, but he's, he's great. And every time he's on the, like, in any scene, he's wonderful. And, and so, uh, what was interesting is, like, he's not just... Which you hear, you see this in in season one as well, but I think like it shows up more in in season two that it highlights that he's not just Bear's spirit guide, like he's spirit guide for other people. And it was interesting to see like, uh, Alora's grandmother become a, a spirit guide too, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, when they when Willie Jack goes to to jail to visit Dan, Daniel's mom, you know she's got a spirit guide. And it's interesting to see the relationships that they have with their spirit guides. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought that was that was good. But yeah, yeah, Dallas Goldtooth as the spirit guide is perfect every time. Yeah. He really just leans into it. Uh, we also haven't talked about, well, I think you maybe mentioned her, but Amber Midthunder showing up as Miss Matriarch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, have you seen Prey? No, not yet. I want to. I really do want to. I, I think you would like it. It's not. It's not terrifying. Um, it's it's very intense, but it's yeah. Yeah, I think you would really like it because it's just it is. It really is. It's one of my favorite movies from this year because it's such a. It should have been released in theaters, but it, it is just. It's just like an excellent kind of C plus B plus action movie. And she's really good in it, and it feels like an authentic sort of, you know, portrayal of America, of Native Americans mm-hmm. and uh, French Canadian fur trappers. Yeah, like they get the they get the portrayal that they deserve. I feel like in, nice. in that movie, we love and, the um, justice. Yeah, we love justice. Those were bad people. Did um, oh, I was going to ask you something. Oh, oh, did you watch it in English or in the? I think it's it was filmed in the Cherokee language as well. I watched it in English. You watched it in English. I'm a basic white white person. I mean, yeah, it's okay. So am I. I can't I can't deny it. But it, it, it yes no that is something extremely like noteworthy is that they they did film it in um yeah. What yeah. was it Cherokee? It I'm Cherokee. pretty sure it's Cherokee. Yeah. So yeah. which is really cool. It's like the that's, first movie. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's it's the first time they've they've ever done that, which is crazy but also really yeah. cool. So yeah, she plays anyway, she plays Miss Matriarch in decolonativization and she's hilarious because you can, you end up realizing it's like this, this kind of community youth program that bears mom in, um, what's the, what, what's their auntie's name who oh, chews the me, gum. She's so funny. She's, she's so, so good. Funny. Bev. Yes. Bev. So she, I think it's like her and Bev put it on yeah. and they get these like kind of influencer Native American, <laughs> young Native Americans mm-hmm. from like a nearby university to come in. And she's she only goes by her Twitter or Instagram handle, Miss Matriarch, where the eight, the AT is an eight. Yeah. And you end up realizing that she's like, she grew up in the suburbs in San Diego or something. Yeah. Like she's like native, but it's like kind of. It's just a very different experience, but again, they kind of 
they they don't like shame her for that. They mm-hmm. just kind of like highlight like this is this is a reality. Like mm-hmm. you know, within this very specific um, ethnic group, there are like different experiences. Right. And in um, Sterling Harjo talked about that. He was like, you know, we wanted to be. We don't want to like put anyone down. We don't mm-hmm. want to like make anyone feel lesser than because this is all you know one collective experience but they were just they were they were kind of definitely poking fun at this sort of like academia hyper woke sort of mm-hmm. experience and it's, it was very it's very like humorous i thought yeah no i thought that was really i thought her character was really funny because it i mean that's that's how some people like that's just how some people are and it's just like why why are you like that and i i think that like you know it it may be California. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think it makes more sense to be that way in California, I guess, but that doesn't feel like genuine or authentic to, you know, like this part of the country, right? Like to the flyover part of the, the country. And so it feels like, okay, what are you doing? And, and like, not to say, like, uh, I hate how woke has become just like this, I don't know there's so many feelings that come up with uh woke for so many people but like you can be aware of like social issues and care about those things but you don't have to be like obnoxious about it mm-hmm. does that make sense like yeah absolutely i don't know and, and it seems like her character is kind of obnoxious and, and almost putting yeah. on a show does that make sense like like not to say that her character probably doesn't care but it just it feels like her character is just putting on a show as opposed to like it, it's it's more for appearances and less yeah, like genuine, genuine. And the the other guy that they have come is is very similar mm-hmm. but he's like a little bit more accessible but like i think that they they <laughs> skillfully directed that episode mm-hmm. to where the kids are just kind of like they're participating and they do get some stuff out of it, like like Alora and Bear end up kind of like getting closer to, you know, trusting each other again. Mm-hmm. Not really, but like they do en- end up enjoying like being on a team for the yeah. blind guided tour. Um, but overall, both those young like this this is what you should aspire to, like young adults in college, are met with this sort of like disdain by the kids like right you're i we see through you like mm-hmm. <laughs> which i which i really love and kind of relate to yeah well and i think that i mean especially teenagers like they're gonna see through the the bullshit right like yep. they're, they're gonna see yep. through that which you know makes that's what it makes it hard about working with kids because it's like how how much of myself can i like present to you and how much of it needs to be like you know kind of protect protected i'm thinking about this like working through it like as a therapist but like you know teachers as well like like you have to with kids with teenagers you have to earn the right to be heard by them and and the these little influencers that they bring in they don't they don't earn the right to be heard by them exactly yeah so So, um what were you gonna say i was gonna say i don't think you ever answered the question of like what were your favorite episodes oh um my favorite episodes were i'm gonna go back to the episode list i really loved um 
we we kind of mentioned it briefly, but the the episode with Big where he's tripping mm-hmm. is really <laughs> funny, and you kind of get a better an unexpected sort of look into um Kenny boy like yeah. his life and you kind of end up really liking him a lot more after that uh-huh. and it kind of pays off even more whenever he lets the res dogs take the car to <laughs> California uh-huh. um and he says something like you like w- like something like one good one good deed will repay another if if it is not repaid in this lifetime Find me in the next. If I'm a cow in the next lifetime, offer me some oats or like something yeah, like that. It was yeah. just like really funny, but you kind of realize that he's like a very probably like probably drug drug addict, but also like nice person. So. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. The actor who plays Kenny Boy, Kurt Fox, he's on Parks and Rec too, and is he? He's the sewage guy, right? Yeah, he's the sewage yeah. guy. He's just like super like gross and appropriate the whole time he yeah like at one point he sends his penis out to like every female in who works for the government and or for the city and it's just he's just really funny a photo of his penis yeah sorry not his actual not his actual penis it's not it's not a van gogh situation marked explicit yeah yeah this it's not like a a van gogh situation where he cuts off his ear like sorry i have to say a photo i my bad it's, no, you're good. You're good. It's early. I feel like I've had enough coffee. I guess really, it's not that early. It's almost ten o'clock. Um, yeah, I. But yes, I. I loved. I really did love. That's like my personal favorite of that mm-hmm. episode because or of this season because I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, and you kind of get to see the stuff that he's seen with you know, um, Alora's mom dying mm-hmm. in that accident and just like the weight that he feels and the guilt that he feels. Mm-hmm. Um. He's such a great actor. I yeah. really, really, um, really love him. So that was my personal favorite. I loved offerings. I loved um, Mabel. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably the best episode of the season. And then I love Roofing. Mm-hmm. Those those are my favorite yeah. for sure. Yeah. Also, the this is where the plot thickens. Episode episode eight. I loved the the team up between Big and Kenny Boy. Like I think I would watch yeah. a whole like spin-off of those two. It's really funny. These like unlikely <laughs> like reluctant buddy cops, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was great. He when he when he goes into the bus and he's just standing there with Kenny Boy and his brother mm-hmm. cuz that's Kenny Boy's brother, right? Yeah. Who makes the Mountain Dew. Yeah. And he just he just goes he sees the Mountain Dew and gets like really excited. He's like, and then he goes, "Don't mind if I do." And he just like <laughs> chucks the whole thing. It's like, it's like the perfect. You can tell that um, what like I I can't think of them off the top of my head, but like those perfect like accidental acid trips or yes. accidental like drug trip movies. You can tell that Sterling Harjo loves those hijinks yeah. that yeah. ensue. Yeah. <laughs> so well, and also it's, yeah, also it's like. Hey, just because you're a cop doesn't mean you should just take whatever. Like, yep, like, exactly. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think about it. Like I don't that. know if that was like kind of the message there, but I was just like, and this is why, like, you, like, not even just cops, like, just people in general shouldn't just like take whatever that is around them as their own and be like, yeah, this is what I should do. Especially, especially when you know that they're a bunch of meth heads. Yep. Like, for sure. 
So, I don't know. But it was just funny. Yeah, I can see where Harjo is very much a big fan of, of those types of movies. Or, like, uh, when, I was going to say happy accidents, but I don't know if I would consider that a happy accident. But when just stuff like that happens and it's like, oh, no. Yeah, and, like, the, fun, the stuff they did with the camera is really fun. It's like, you don't need to do colors and weird stuff you yeah. need to you just you just need to do weird funny things with the camera like yeah. close-ups and then zooms in and yeah. like that kind of thing so yeah so but, go ahead i was just gonna say you know i was gonna ask like see the season finale with is is cool because you're like oh they're doing it they're going to california mm-hmm. like nothing's gonna keep them from going this time and they're all they're all reunited and the way the way it ends is really interesting. Like they get there, they lose all their money because the because the car gets stolen. It's just yeah. like it's funny because it's like Bear's grown so much and he's matured so much, mm-hmm. but he still left like hundreds of dollars of cash yeah. in an envelope in their car in a city they don't know. Yeah, no. I was like, oh man, yeah, that's so funny. The whole time, any when when they first. I, I knew I had a feeling something like that was gonna happen because when they stop at that gas station, he puts the envelope full of money in the glove glove box, and I was like, "Man, that's such a kid thing to do, like that's yep. that's such a childlike thing to do." And it's just like, "No, don't do it, don't do it." And then and that happens. So, uh, also another celebrity appearance. And this episode is Brandon Boyd, who plays White Jesus. Do you know who Brandon Boyd is? No, who is that? He is a lead singer of of the band called Incubus. And oh. so yeah, so he he's in it. And then uh Tim Capello shows up there at the end and he I loved I love their conversation about Tim Capello doing yeah. the song at the end of at the, at, it was at the end of Thunderdome, right? right? The Mad Max movie, and yeah. he's like, "No, he's not in it. He plays the song." And Alora's like, "What?" And like, <laughs> it's a really funny exchange between her and Cheese. Yeah, no, it was it was really funny because the whole time they're like, "No," and he's also in. I'm looking at his credits right now. He's in the Lost Boys as the beach concert star, so he's like the saxophonist in that as well. But yeah, he he just does. Like they they like in that that vulture ed, uh not edit where did that come from um article article yeah it was rolling visions that's what it wasn't Mad Max oh gotcha gotcha um sorry. they were talking about Mad Max they were talking about Mad Max some, yeah 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 at some point um but. yeah he he said that they like called him up because they were like wouldn't it be cool if he like just showed up there at the end and he just happened to be available and so they that's cool they brought him in for that and so that's how he came to be but yeah and then the whole time with Braden boyd i was like why do i know who this person is and then i looked at that i, and I, was I had like, no idea yeah who he was and i i don't listen to incubus so that's probably why makes sense i i imagine you probably weren't allowed to listen to incubus no in fact i have a really funny story about my dad so my dad like has a phd in theology and knew the do you, it's a greek term actually that means like sex demon or something incubus does? or sex yeah oh. yeah you can look it up and so I mean, he I was like you. he was furious whenever he found out that my older sister and 
brother were listening to Incubus. And he was like, <laughs> what is this evil? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, I just overheard it. And so I was always like, okay, I guess I shouldn't listen to Incubus if I want to stay on my parents' good side, which was like my MO when I was a teenager. I was just like, I'm good. Don't come at me, bro. That's amazing. So, yeah. A male yeah. demon believed to have sexual intercourse with sleeping women. Oh. There you go. It's like the most like like if you're gonna take a Greek term and turn it into a rock band name, yeah. it's a great name. Yeah, let's be honest. It's no, it's great. Here's the deal: they have some songs that I really like. I my mom and I went to. You should Dallas. send them to me because I've I've no idea, no no context. Okay, at all. all right, I'll I'll send you some your way. Yeah, my mom and I went to Dallas, uh, to go to an Elton John concert, and the entire way there we were listening to my mom's music, and it was like all this stuff that. I hadn't listened to in years and so like we listened to a lot of like Incubus and uh Alice in Chains and like just like a ton of stuff that we listened to when I was little but I hadn't hadn't in a long time so I was like oh yeah I forgot how much I like them but anyway Mm -hmm. yeah so definitely interested but that yeah White Jesus was really funny because it's like you I don't know if you got the sense but I had the sense of like just because of how the show is Mm -hmm. kind of supernatural I was wondering like is this a is vision it real? Yeah. Or is this a homeless person? And I was like, I think it's just a homeless person, but you're, they, they're towing that line. Yeah. And then when you get to the homeless camp, you're like, he's a homeless person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I thought too. I was like, is this, is this real? Like is white Jesus real or is this a vision? It's also funny because like in, I feel like in a lot of the homes that you go visit, mm-hmm. the, the set decorators put pictures of white Jesus mm-hmm. up. In in like not all of them, but in a lot of them, mm-hmm. and then at one point, Willie Jack is like praying to White Jesus, yeah. and her and like her ancestors. <laughs> well, it's just it's just I feel like I feel like that they're saying like this is pretty common actually in a lot of Na- Native American yeah. homes, but yeah, but I they're think, just saying like White Jesus. It's just a kind of like a joke. Yeah, I think it's hilarious that they refer to Jesus as White Jesus because all the pictures are of a White Jesus, which like obviously that Jesus is not white, but because of white evangelical culture they think it is or yeah. you know white people think he is but anyway yeah it was yeah. just it was great i i love i love the set design for this show it makes me so happy because it's, it's like, so drab and it's so real yeah i mean it feels like it looks like my hometown you know yeah. it, it looks yep. like parts sure. of of i mean it's just very much parts of like oklahoma and it makes me really really happy um, something that's really cool, shifting from maybe like actually like the episodes, but kind of behind the scenes stuff is that, is that, um, Devery Jacobs, who plays Alora, she came on as a staff, like as a writer for the show this season. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. So she, oh wait, no, she was like, she was a writer on Mabel, right? Yeah. So she was a writer on Mabel and I, th- I can't, she, I think she was like she's listed as a writer for the rest of the season as well but specifically she i think she was the the yeah so she gets the full credit as the writer for Mabel the Mabel episode mm-hmm. and from my understanding with all my experience in writing writers rooms is that you're listed as a staff writer for every episode but like one or two people get the like main writing credit for an episode so like mm-hmm. she's listed as a staff writer for all of season two but she, 
the Mabel episode is her episode, which is great because I I read where Sterling Harjo said that she just she came in and was like throwing out all these ideas of like what her character has been through and experienced and and how to like make sense of Alora's decisions because you know I don't know if you felt this way but the whole time she and her friendship with Jackie is kind of like forming like on the side in season one I'm like girl what are you Mm -hmm. doing and because it doesn't make sense to me but if if you have grown up and people have like abandoned you and granted her parents did not abandon her um her mom died in an awful accident but you still feel that that uh, that sense of abandonment even if that is how you know someone has left you but you're gonna like be defended against that against anyone Mm -hmm. who you like maybe actually care about not to say i don't i do think she cares about jackie but i i think for her she cares so much about Bear and Cheese and Willie Jack that she's scared to lose them, especially after Daniel died. And so mm-hmm. I think that's maybe that is my theory as to why Alora chose Jackie as opposed to Bear. And then you see that like kind of reconciliation yeah. throughout season two, which is really sweet. Cause I was like, man, I'm going to be really sad if these kids don't make up. Yeah. But, and and I'm glad they did. Yeah. And and it leaves this the third season in such a great place because mm-hmm. and it it was such smart writing because like a really it's it's frustrating when a season of a TV show you really like ends and it's like you feel elated but then you kind of start to think more about it and you, and you think, "Well, I guess I I have an idea of how the next the the first season of the next episode may be." Mhm. It's such a great feeling not knowing that right. going into like the third season of a show that you really love, like Reservation yeah. Dogs or like Atlanta's the same way. Um, you just it's you keep things really fresh and unexpected. And like, are they going to be in California? Are they going to go back? Bear said he doesn't want to go back. Right. And that he's going to he's going to leave and find his own way. And it's just it's just really it's really great. It's such a great <laughs> series. Right. Yeah, because like with the end of season one, I think I I thought this because of the pandemic pushing everything back. I assumed that there was going to be like a time jump and they were going to like move forward and you're going to have to figure out like what happened in between, you know, the end of season one and the start of season two. But they just picked up right where they left off. And I imagine they'll probably do that. But I, I feel like that almost is too predictable. And and because it's so predictable, they're not going to do that. And so I I mean... I agree with you. Like, I really don't know where they're going to start with season three, which is really exciting. Yeah. It, yeah. Maybe there's, it's going to be some sort of like outside the reservation, <clears throat> reservation assimilation and mm-hmm. to Hollywood. A very, uh, very know, different world. Like, like West coast culture. Mm-hmm. Like that would be super interesting and fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. My guess is they're going to come back at some point to Oklahoma. I, I don't think Sterling Harjo is going to, I, I think he cares too much about, like, not like keeping Oklahoma. it real and keeping it home. Yeah, yeah like, like this, it that sense of home, home. like at home. I I think that that's that's too important to him, or it seems to be too important to him for for the show to be entirely set 
in LA or the West Coast. And so I, I imagine at some point they're going to yep. back to Oklahoma, but who knows how or when, you know, which is, mm-hmm. again, that's the exciting part. So I'm looking forward to season three for sure. Yeah, that'll be great. Any other final thoughts about Res Dogs 2? No, I just we've said it. We've said it all. This is like one of the yeah, best I, flyover country depictions. This is, uh, you know, shout out to Oklahoma. Shout yeah. out to drab landscapes and creeks and brush <laughs> next to the creeks. <laughs> like that's uh, I can't get over. I'm like this is just so yeah real. Yeah, no, I I don't have any final thoughts other than please just watch the show like it's go watch res dogs yeah it's it's so good they're 30 minute episodes too i don't think we mentioned that in our season one uh episode and there's only like 10 golly it's so it's so great it's like you can just breeze through it you can watch it really closely if you Mm -hmm. want you can you shouldn't be on your phone but you can be on your phone and still love it yeah so yeah no it's great 10 out of 10 recommend it's it's i i think I think I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't know what would be on this list, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably a top 10 show for me. Like all I time. think so. I think so too. So it's really special. It is. So yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Nope. Just go watch Res Dogs. That's right. All right. Isaac, what's up next for us? I think, so we're doing Vengeance next. Okay. Right? Yeah. And BJ Novak's directorial yep. debut. Very interested because I've heard mixed things mm-hmm. about it, but we got to set it up. It's about him doing a podcast <laughs> about true crime. We're going to talk about how podcasts are becoming a lot more prolific, like, um, like occupations in movies and TV mm-hmm. shows, because there is like kind of a subset in yeah. popular culture right now. Yeah, so that's, I, mean, I think it's interesting. And yeah. And he's yeah. interesting. He's a, he's a great writer, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's a great director. I mean, he, um, he he did a little show called The Office. Yeah. Have you ever heard of it? I'm I'm just saying he's a great writer, I'm and just great saying. director. Yeah, you'll need to drag me through the mud. No, it was I. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm okay. kidding. Okay, all right. I'm just jashing you. And then all after right. that, so this is our first um, October episode. Vengeance is going to be our second, and then our third October episode is going to be a horror movie. We're going to get Olivia to watch a horror movie, and I don't think we've. I think we. Yeah, we haven't decided what horror I was going to say, I don't think it's yet. been established. If it has, I missed that. I, I, blocked, really, the I one blocked that, it out. The one that Walter proposed, I've seen like three or four times, and I really don't want to watch it again. Okay. But I will for the pod. So for the pod? Do it for the pod. For the pod. For the pan? For, for the, the pan? For the band? So good. So. Thank you for listening. Yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, please leave us a review especially on apple Podcasts, you can also leave us a view a review on spotify yep um yeah subscribe that would be cool i don't know how that works on how we know when people subscribe but i'm sure isaac and walter can figure that out yep uh i i can't but walter may be able to speaking of walter he produced this episode heck yeah so Thank you for that. Thank you to Corden Jocks for our music. Thank you to Macy Lummis for our artwork. Those are two Little Rock artists who are awesome. Go check out their work. And we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.